Tales. I remain James DeBrooker because I can do no other. With me, as always, is my co-host, Megan Griffin. And, oh, welcome back. How are you? You gonna let me speak now? Do I get a uh, word sure. in? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. Go, go nuts. Go I've, nuts. I've got a great one. Ready? Yep. Hello, James. Hi. <laughs> Um, we have some bookkeeping, or I have some bookkeeping. Some um, bookkeeping? Hang on a second. Yep, yep. You mean housekeeping? Um, well, sure, that too. I made some, there were some factual errors in the last episode. I am 36, not 35, and the young adult <laughs> author I was thinking of was Judy Bloom, not Beverly Cleary. I was thinking of, wait, or wait, strike that reverse. I was thinking of whoever wrote, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Which, which is was Judy Bloom. Okay, yes, that's who I was thinking of, not the one that I said. So um, the good news is that Space Mountain is indeed the oldest ride at the Magic Kingdom in Florida, which I think is the only theme park that Ric Flair could have been uh, referencing in his famous quote. So, um, Did you say you were 35 or did I say you were 35? You said I was 35. You were were flattering. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, I guess you did have a birthday at some point. uh, 36 of them, in fact. Uh, (laughs) Last week, we talked about um, the inside cover and back cover and chapter zero, The Fool, of A Handbook for Mortals. And uh, we kind of didn't really go into one of the unifying themes, which uh, we had mentioned, is that every chapter is named after one of the major arcana from the tarot. Um, I don't know anything about the for uh, heresy for my divination. Um, so I'm kind of flying blind here. So for our listeners, what is that? Um, oh, heresy is uh, entrail reading. It's great because you have all the entrails and meat lying around and you take it home, you throw it into a pot, add some broth, put a potato in, and you got yourself a stew going. Um, tarot, the only decks of tarot cards I have, I use as randomizers for role-playing games. Um, but the good news is I have with me Alan Moore's Promethea, Volume 2. Oh, Jesus. Which contains an <laughs> issue-long poetic explanation of the Tarot Major Arcana. Um, and thank God we can't read the entire thing because that would be illegal. No, 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 but it's 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 fair use and, and, and hail Glycon and if Alan Moore sends me a cease and desist letter, I will frame that shit and put it up on my wall. Um... <laughs> So I'm going to skip over uh, the fool's explanation because it's, you know, beginnings and blah, 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 blah. But I will start with uh, card two. Um, well, card one, rather. Uh, the magician or the magus. So wait, is the fool actually card zero? Is that what it's called? Or like, is yeah, this an yeah, actual it's, 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 labeling? Yeah, it's, 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 it's card zero. Okay. Um, why child existence is begun card zero has become card one the fool to the magician yields and from the vacant quantum fields erupts the singularity of all that is or that may be the magus represents the will that made things happen then and still the male force the creative urge the one from which all actions surge the spark from which all things proceed that which ignites each word each deed birth cosmos in a sudden storm and conjures all things into form he's every artist's scribe or sage tis he that marks the empty page he is whichever seems least odd a big bang or a father god so that's um alan moore's take on the tarot and who am i to argue with alan moore um 
So what what about you? Do you have any access to any tarot knowledge beyond what, that and what I was able to find on tarot.com? I think our listeners deserve better than tarot.com. Uh, yes, but not off the top of my head. I mean, I have a few tarot books. I have a few sets. Uh, I started messing around with tarot cards in my teens um, and then stopped for about 10 years and probably got in- Sorry, I definitely got interested <clears throat> probably a few months ago. Uh, but haven't done substantial research in the past 10 years. So maybe next time I'll have something from one of my books as well. Okay. <laughs> um, so what happened last chapter? Uh, so basically our main character, Zaid, left her mom in Centertown. Is it Centertown? Centerville? Middle of the state, Tennessee. Uh, in despair on their porch where all those good memories are as she headed out West singing the Dixie chicks. Right. And she was going to, uh, sign up with Lucha underground, uh, which I believe was my theory. That uh, is your theory. Although. Yes. Yes. I was, I was supposed to be proven wrong because it's too bad. Cause I had this whole picture of her as a, as a Rudo, as an evil wrestler whose finishing move would be a low blow. And she could call it the John Popper. Why? Because the author managed Blues Traveler, and there's a whole oh, John, okay. has John <laughs> Popper, uh-huh. and I'm making sort of a fisting no- motion with my hands, ladies through gentlemen. Um, so it turns out that she winds up in Vegas. Vegas. Huzzah. Um, yeah, gosh, that really is all that happens in Chapter Zero. Chapter One is also not exactly... pregnant with incident uh she performs an illusion michael and gets a job at a stage show yes that is i guess essentially did she officially get the job by the end of chapter one um oh she's gonna talk with her 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 people she's gonna have her people call their people or something like that um i've not oh not only just the her people she's also gonna ask the cards Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Um, that's true. Uh, so there's a lot of setup and introducing other characters that may or may not be useful <laughs> to the plot. Um, I, I've not really worked in stage at all. My partner has, so a lot of the terminology was familiar to me. Um, show blacks feature prominently. Yeah, I mean, I have not really ever worked in anything on stage. I was more of a band kid than a drama kid, but still knew the terminology fairly well. I mean, there's some crossover. Um, But yeah, there's there's a lot of terminology in this chapter. Well, Um, there's not, but (laughs) there's a lot of attempt. uh, Yeah, uh, the first person we're introduced to... um, isn't really named until later. He is not traditionally handsome, just as she is not traditionally cute. Um, there's less talk about this person's ass um, than about hers. <laughs> no, um, he was... Uh... Really striking. Yes. Um, and if you're not nervous, he's worth a little bit more attention. Yes, and there's a, and she, uh, the author returns to her tick of saying the same thing over and over again. So we'll press fast forward. Well, actually, before that, she she doesn't. She she talks about how he looks confident, 
I don't think that's necessarily the same thing as handsome or uh, well, okay, or that's true, striking that's true. or anything. He looks confident, but not just confident. He seems confident yet closely guarded, which is an odd combination, according to but, our author. Uh, I wouldn't know anything about either personality trait, so I, I trust uh, Lonnie Sarum. Implicitly. You don't know anybody confident? I find that very hard to believe. Oh, well, I, not on a personal level. I don't know what confidence is like. Um, the first name character we introduce, or we are introduced to, is Charles Spellman, which is absolutely a Sabrina the Teenage ri- Witch ripoff. Um, but guess what he does? Guess what he does? Um, he does magic, which is why it's, uh, uh, well, illusions, um, which is why it's a Sabrina ripoff and not a ripoff of the mystery series, The Spellman Files. What is, um, uh, Sabrina's dad's name? Um, it's Sabrina Spellman is the, is the I, full I, I name. I get that. I'm curious if it's a direct, um, I can look it up. It's cool. Uh, Race you. I'm going to read my text messages. Sabrina, the, also everyone read the uh chilling adventures of sabrina it's a great comic it's super gross and terrifying and really well done also read afterlife from art with archie uh oh my god you were really slow at googling uh the mom is hilda spellman no it's not the spell the ants i don't think sabrina spellman's dad really enters much into the picture it's Edward Spellman. Okay. I believe you. So Edward Spellman. We can ed- ed- like edit most of that research out in post. Um, we can? You can. Royal we. Corporate we, rather. Um, so Charles Spellman is the first name character that we're introduced to. And this is the worst description <laughs> I have heard outside of Bernie Topin lyrics. Describe. I would uh, quote. I would describe him in a similar way that one might describe Harrison Ford. Okay. To be fair, and as quote, someone who bitched about this entire sentence ad nauseum to both you and a mutual friend of ours, there is at least one more sentence. He is a tall man with dark hair, and he is older but still very handsome. But yes. The most descriptive thing we get is that he looks like Harrison Ford. Now, well, which Harrison Ford do you think he looks like? Um, okay, so the description goes on. Dressed in what were obviously expensive clothes. Black slacks that fit him perfectly. Buttoned down, blah, 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 blah. Shirt was tailored. Cufflinks. So this is a Harrison Ford that has given more of a shit than Harrison <laughs> Ford has given in his entire life. I mean, we oh, are yes. we are talking about like an earth to Harrison Ford. We are, we're talking about a Harrison Ford that would never have said something like you can write these words, George, or you can write this shit, George, but you sure can't make people say it. Um, so, so maybe he has the cool confidence of just not being, and just not giving a shit that Harrison Ford has. Maybe that's where I, it comes from. I think he has an earring and a habit of fight flying, um, firefighting helicopters. Like that Harrison is Ford does. that is quite possible, especially uh, perhaps, as old. It's in the seventies, in his yeah, yeah, well into his seventies. Perhaps uh, he exists in a constant state of accidentally punching Ryan Gosling, and that's why he <laughs> looks like Harrison Ford. I do love when they're interviewed together. I think that might be the only person in the world outside of his family that Harrison Ford actually likes. Ch- Ryan Gosling, yes, I 
sure, maybe. Um, so Charles Spellman is a hot shit Vegas magician. Um, toured the world, has had TV specials because I think we all remember the 90s where TV specials were a thing um, and, for magic show. Yep. And, and see, I, w- I um, peeked behind the curtain. I, I dabbled in uh, magic for a while and I realized that I lacked any sort of stage presence or manual dexterity or um, hand-eye coordination. I learned card so tricks. So it wasn't... It wasn't well. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I was always into the sort of close-up Ricky J shit. So the whole Vegas scene kind of left me cold. But I I, I get what it's throwing here. Uh, this is much like um, David Tennant's character in the False Metal Fright Night remake. Um, talks about the stage, and then we're introduced to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And this. I'm sorry. We have to talk about how she talks about the stage. You cannot gloss over that that easily. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay, okay. The theater is in the round, as it's called, meaning the seats circle the whole stage that is also round. And the seats closer to the stage are basically level with the stage. The rows get bigger as they... God! Oh, God, you're right. I'm sorry. That's okay. This is... The rows get bigger as they go up and farther from the stage. They are the higher they are, which means the stage is at the bottom of the room. It was designed in a way so there was no bad seat in the house. So, so I can fix this in one word. Ready? Stadium. Yeah. So so if you are if you are a spy sent from the planet Zarkon Five and you need to know what Earth humans designed their buildings to look like, this would be useful in you know explaining it. But I yeah, can it's see a- as an author. Especially, okay, so A, if this was written during one of those National Novel Writing Months or um, where you're really proud of your theater knowledge, which I'm assuming someone who as a background, you know, as a stage manager for all these bands probably is, she's probably really, I, I, I get the whole really excited, I'm going to tell you about this thing, but an editor should have looked at this and gone, honey, I get what you're doing. It's a stadium. I mean, an editor should have looked at this, period. Well, uh, so... My question is, have you ever been to a theater where the seats go lower the further away from the stage? No, but I I guess the opposite of it is a flat, which there are still plenty of movie theaters, at least in New York, that still do that, which was very shocking to find out in the 2017 um, so after the description of a stadium, we are introduced to another character, and this gets kind of creepy because there's a lot of. It's coded as incestuous. <laughs> um, I don't know if that, I read it that way the first time. Um, I read it as. So ageist, so 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 almost. Well, okay. Ageism. Much younger woman who could have easily passed for his daughter had she not been so tightly coiled around his arm. I knew very little about my father, even less about father-daughter relationships, so it's still framed as, like, the only... It, even I knew that daughters don't... really don't weird line. Like, Yeah, like, the whole thing is still coded as... In, in the framework of father-daughter. Yeah. Um, and look to be around my age, which is, again, just creepy. Yeah, um, so the good news is, a page later... Um, it's, it's decrypted and you find out that the, um, the father daughter is Sophia Austin, a lead performer and Charles Spellman's girlfriend. Yes. Um, 
And then the we start getting introduced wait. to the seven dwarf. Wait, can yes? we stop for a second? You dove right into characters and quote, things like that, but I got one thing that happened on the very first page that oh, I want to discuss really quick. Sorry, should have caught this a little bit sooner. Um, right, that's okay. So she walks into. So this opens up with her walking into the casino. Yep. And there's bright lights. Blah 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 blah. And then she talks about the cast and crew who is standing in the foyer of the casino to greet her. Okay. For her audition. Is this not weird to you? I mean... I don't know. I had a pretty fucked up experience in Vegas. So, you know, a bunch of dudes standing around in show blacks waiting on someone is kind of a rounding error, all things considered. 200 people are standing there waiting for her to show up to audition. Maybe that's just how Vegas does it? You know, I kind of glossed over that um, because... Spoiler alert, as a defense mechanism, I, 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 I kind of skimmed over certain parts of this. Um, that is why I'm here to slow you down to reread this. <laughs> God, yeah. Okay, you're right. That doesn't make sense. Yes. Um, well, okay. it, it, it is also because she then goes on again uh, a few paragraphs later to point out again that there's a lot of people here because they're in their stage blacks, but there's also people that are half-dressed for performances. So this is a group of people that are getting ready to perform this night that have been told stop. We're watching this girl's audition. Okay. So that's why, because I think somewhere in there, yeah, because at this point now everybody's going, falling into the theater, I guess, watch her illusion. Yep. So, um, so we're, we're introduced to Tad, Charles, Mac, Trig. Um, and I'm, I'm, I assume that some of these people are part of the love <laughs> triangle at some point. You also forgot Zed. Zeb. Zed. Zeb? Yep. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, how could I forget Zeb Zagan, the head illusion technician, <laughs> or head magi? Um, yes, so- some of these people are important. They pop back up throughout the book. But, uh, yeah, I think you can figure out who one side of our love triangle is. Um, Zeb, right? Yes, exactly. Very good. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, the very mysterious... So- even in the magic community, so. And um, soon we figure out that Zade's name is pronounced Zade, uh, despite it being short for Scheherazade. We um, haven't gotten to that yet. We're, I, th- oh gosh, you're right. That's bleeding over. That's that's that crossed over the fucking Chinese walls. I I, I set up to yes. ignore your review. All right, so it's pronounced Zade. Try it again. Like aid. Yep. Zade, like aid, but add a Z, just like it's Annie with an L or. Yep. All right. Um, hated it when people called me Zod, which sounded more like a car or a supervillain than an actual person. Um, so she's getting ready to do her illusion. Um, Mac is freaking out because I haven't been able to do any safety checks on her equipment. And he says, I don't even know what's been put in, which is also a, that's what she said. Uh and then it's going on and on. There's a waiver. We're kind of building up to... to. Oh, wait. We also get to meet Cam Carter. There's a lot of alliterative names in this. Yeah, we've got Mac Kent and Cam... Is it Carter? 
Cam Carter. Okay. Zeb. 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 Zeb something or other. Zagan. Zeb Zagan. Let's talk about Cam for a second. The head rigger? Okay. Okay. So here is how. Let me try that again. So here is how Cam is described. Um, let me find it again. Da, 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 da. We're also glossing over Pete. When did when the fuck did Pete show up? Pete is Trig. Oh, right, right. Pete is Twig, and Pete is super Twinky. Um, yes. Pretty, too pretty, beautiful, even. So he's got like a no, Sephiroth thing going on. Cam is the really pretty one. Oh, you're right. Cam is the Cam's the Twinky guy. Cam okay, is yeah, yeah. really pretty. He's the most handsome person, a handsome guy she'd ever met in person. It wasn't really her type, but I was still amazed at how he even looked like a movie star. He was pretty, too pretty, beautiful even. So this guy is handsome, pretty, and beautiful. That is a trifecta, guys. I don't think I could ever date a guy that was prettier than me. Now hold the phone. That was a very perfectly timed alarm. Yep. <laughs> remix so chapter zero yep she talks about how she doesn't find herself that attractive she finds herself pretty kind of but not super attractive and so now she's saying she doesn't date guys that are more attractive than her well we also don't know what sort of guys she dates full stop true it then she goes on to say that does sound selfish, but I would rather be at least slightly prettier, the at least slightly prettier one in the relationship. And he was just too perfect. See, I, I don't know. Like I'm super duper straight. I'm depressingly straight, but insofar as I go for guys, I really, 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 really go for the whole like bishy femme, pretty boy thing. So like, I, I, you know, like give me, give me like a Matthew Bomer. Or, or or someone like that. <laughs> or someone who looks like Lucy from The Wicked and the Divine, which I have actually seen on OkCupid, okay which is another story for another time. Um, but, like, I don't know. I just don't see what the big deal is. Um, I just, like... It's I, it's mm. a character flaw. It's a, it's I, just... It's, it's one of those that kind of reads, like, you know what I'm talking about, ladies. And it's like, no, I don't necessarily agree. I have dated... Plenty of guys that are more attractive than me. I have dated a guy that is now a model. Like, I don't give a shit. Humble brag. Um, yes, sorry. I have dated a guy who has now turned out to be a model. Let me actually brag about that again. I have dated a guy that turned out to be a model. Um, all right, so that's Cam Carter, our head rigger. Um, I assume that he's going to be the other branch of the uh, love polyhedron with Zeb. Um Okay. Which, yeah, I'm definitely putting my nickel down. It's Zeb. Team Team Zeb. Team Zeb all the way. Uh, this is this is something that I found kind of, you know, if I were reading an Italo Calvino book, I would assume it was willful, but I'm not. And so here we go. It was like someone had written his dialogue for him, which, I, I, like... Who are we talking about? Oh, this is about Charles. I, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a turn to camera sort of wink yes. thing, which again, if I were reading an Italo Calvino novel would be cool, but I'm not. Um, he just oozes charm. Right. Much like James Bond, which. Oh, I just uh, realized there's lots of chalk of oozing charm. Like it's sweat. Oh God. I sorry. You know, that's ooze. a spoiler. There you go. Oh, all right. You know, ooze is one of those verbs that just, 
when I think of positive things like attraction or love or beauty, I think of like ooze. I think of moist. Um, I think of goo. Like those are those are all things that that like. I mean, so, I just I just I just watched the Blob remake. I was about to so, say we like, should find is, you Ivan Ooze. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, get you a man that looks at you like the Blob looks at Donovan's <laughs> kid in the Blob remake. Um, okay, uh, and then it's just like tech stuff while she gets on. So wait, uh, no. There is one sentence yep. that I want to discuss. So we have the Charles looks like Harrison Ford, right? Yes. Then later right. the he is also described. Twink. Yes, he is also described as. I'm pretty sure James Bond would look like your average bumbling Joe in comparison. Now maybe that's not about looks. Maybe that's about his charm and personality. But like, should we rate James Bonds against Harrison Ford right now? Okay, so here's the thing. This is. James Bond in the original Dr. No was described as looking not unlike Hoagie Carmichael. And if you read any of the Ian Fleming, James Bond is a colossal asshole. Most of, oh, sorry, Casino Royale is one I think of. Casino Royale, not Dr. No. Um, in the original Casino Royale, it's mostly James Bond explaining things to women. And he's a horrible person. And he's not that charming at all. So that's a... So are we going I, based on looks? I, well, you have to... I, I, and what James Bond is she thinking about? Because it's not like... Daniel it's Craig? Not like, yeah, but he's not... He's closer to the Ian Fleming Bond because he's a s- asshole and he's not that charming. I mean, maybe maybe Pierce Brosnan? But to say, which James Bonds are charming? Um, Definitely Brosnan. Pierce, Brosnan, I will. I am a partisan for George fucking Lazenby. So is he like the lo- last liked one? Because I always feel like you always pick like the least like of any group. Well, okay. Yes, I'm no. This is to your do, Doctor do, Who. Doctors, <laughs> no, look. Okay, Doctor Who. It's a separate thing. George Lazenby is definitely an iconoclastic pick because he was only the Bond in one movie, which is. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is also the only fucking Bond movie where James Bond shows any sort of emotional growth or has a character arc. So, yes, George Lazenby was a perfectly fine Bond, and you I, don't I wish consider we had... turning into an asshole in Casino Royale to be a character arc? He was always an asshole, though. He starts as an asshole, he ends as an asshole with a dead ex girlfriend. Spoilers. Does it just like change asshole types? Not really, and even the stuff Shit. with. Even the stuff with like Skyfall, it's not the 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 arc is all in terms of the infrastructure that Bond works for. Um, so I don't know. Like, sure, I guess you know James Bond is useful as a as a signpost for charming individual, but I think it's it's misplaced. But I'm also definitely not the target audience for this book, so <laughs> um, fucking. All right, so then there's another woman, who... the mousy woman. What's her name? This might be the first Beth. Um, her name is not. Damn it! Is it not Beth? Well, no, no, no. Her name is not revealed. Oh, J.K. Then never mind. Um, for a while. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Presumably, she's a Beth. I'm going to call her Beth for now. All right. So, is this like, uh, is there a confederacy of Beths? No, later there's a mention of another Beth. 
like 200 pages in and I spent the whole time being like, who the fuck is the first Beth? So like, maybe this is the first Beth. Um, Uh, Well, so Beth is like a, it's like a, um, going back to James Bond, James Bond is a code name that has been inhabited by many people over the years. And it's just like that with Beth in this book. Like there there was a, like, this is the, um, this is the William Hartnell Beth. And later on 200 pages, we're up to like the, uh, the Patrick Troughton Beth. I agree with this. Um, and then she does her illusion, Michael, and everyone freaks out. And let's talk about this illusion. So I just like, when I was reading it, I assumed that it was something that was set up with like a pepper's ghost or something like that. Um, done with mirrors. I wasn't expecting her to actually use metahuman abilities, which frankly sounds like cheating, but it's, uh, I don't know. Well, you, let's talk you, about you, the actual illusion as it appears. She jumps off the, she drops a rose to go. let the audience know that the stage is solid. Then she jumps off a catwalk and plunges into the stage and exits from a or exits into a pool that's like 20 feet away from where she lands right yes. and there's like fire and fist fucking... pumping whatever right 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 so like that's cool and yes. i'm sure it's a stunning effect but i just i don't know it just seems dishonest to use magical abilities if you're going to do a vegas stage show no like actual metahuman talents is that confirmed in this chapter or is this you assuming? I mean, like, it, it, obviously the premise of the book is the fact that this is a true magic ability having person that is using their magic for... Um... Nobody knows how she does the tr- the illusion. Okay. It is still quote-unquote implied. It is Beth. I saw the name Beth. Beth Ford was the assistant I hadn't recognized before. Ha <laughs> ha. Beth. Okay. All right. Beth Prime. We have found the first Beth. Beth. Prime. All right, all right. Beth, Beth Prime. All others are emanations of this Beth, much as the uh, Sephiroth are emanations of the divine essence. I think Beth Ford um, has officially become my favorite character. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, mine's still Zeb. Team Zeb. So, uh, then we meet Tad, a kind of... We already kind of met him the first time, but we meet Tad again, um, yep. who is Max age, and, although shorter, because mm-hmm. that's a problem. And uh, we also meet Riley. And these are all just interchangeable. Yep. We got a lot of white dudes with dark hair. Yeah. I'm real on that note. I'm really pessimistic on the odds of this book having much varied representation. Am I? Um, I think you're right. Okay. Okay. Oh boy. Um, so yeah, she does the illusion and then she is going to have her people, including the major arcana, talk to their people. Well, she pisses off Mac because Tad, you know, holy shit, that's a great illusion, blah, blah, blah. How did she do it? And Mac's like, I have no idea. And he is apparently known to, uh, have figured out all the magic tricks, including Houdini's, um, and then he gets annoyed because Tad's like, wait, you don't know how it was done? Because whatever. Boys are boys. Uh, yeah. And 
which it, 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 which is why I'm pretty sure that it's. I mean, maybe maybe it turns out in a later chapter that it's really just good stage setup, and I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that she's you know cheating. Um, yeah, it wouldn't have yeah. made logical sense, no matter how hard they tried, because it was beyond anything a mortal could do. So if yeah, that you're saying it is anything beyond what a mortal can do. Does that make you automatically immortal? No, I mean that's why I was using the the, the term metahuman because it's you know something beyond typical human abilities, and you know there's a very specific definition of immortal, which is undying, and you know right. maybe maybe she's that too. The power sets and rules of of uh, the metaphysics of this book are, are not set out at all. Um, which is fine. Like, I'm not going to fucking run a role-playing game in this shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is definitely, I guess, implied, maybe a little bit more that than what I thought originally, um, that she's got magic because, you know, this isn't the only skill that her mom taught her um, or that ran in her family. Uh, oh, Tad is head of automation. Yep. Cool. Oh, he is complected, sweet, kind, and confident. Um, I would slowly learn that Tad was all these things through and through. This is another thing I have with this book is that there's a lot of like, Tad was being Tad. I just met Tad, but Tad was being Tad. Like it was, it's not implied that this was written or like that it's like the off, not the author, the main character's diaries or something like written post anything. It's just kind of like. You'll come to learn, as I did, that so-and-so is like so-and-so. I don't know. Maybe it's, this is just a tick that I can't stand. It's kind of written in a first-person omniscient tone or voice, yes. which is which is weird. And the, Lonnie hasn't earned the right of saying Tad was being Tad or Tad thrust his hands into a pocket in his pockets in a very Tad-like yes. way. You have to flesh out Tad and... I confess, like this is this is this is just fucking sieve. Like these characters are are are, are <laughs> passing through me, like like the fear if I were taking the uh, the Gom Jabbar test from Dune. Um, <laughs> yes, as a reminder, I've actually read this book, so I'm now looking for the clues to later things. <laughs> Wank gesture. But yes, we have survived chapter one. Um, next up is chapter two, where um, she's going to seek legal counsel. So I'm hoping for a Bleak House-esque Jarndyce and Jarndyce extended digression into the minutia of contract law. Which we um, both know more than we should. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so I, Team Zeb, uh, Team Contract Law. Um, I'm, 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 I'm definitely hoping for that. And we also know that the, the author is not unfamiliar with contract law, having (laughs) cut her teeth in the, the music industry. So I, I am, I am as optimistic about this as I was about my luchadore pre, um, prediction for chapter one. So just to recap, you think that this love triangle is going to be Zeb Zeb and Cam? Right. Well, I, like, I don't want to limit myself. I, I know that the book jacket says love triangle, but I, I, I think that that might be a, a false flag. 
Um, it is. Oh, like one is, of those stars with like a circle in the middle that you kind of draw like as a child. I love, love, love polyhedron. Like let's, let's, it's, it's, it's 2017. Let's not limit ourselves. I love polyhedron. Um, I hate the term watch Lost love Girl. triangle. I really hate the term love triangle because love triangle implies that all three of them, that like the guys are also interested in each other. And I know this is not a unique argument, but can like, can we have it for a minute? Can we come up with a better term? Watch Lost Girl. Seriously, watch Lost Girl. Did they it's... come up with a better term? No, but like everybody's fucking everybody else. It's okay, awesome. But it's that's, fantastic. That's not the answer to my question. I will watch Lost Girl at some point in life. Right. Um, probably around the time that you finally listened to We're Alive. So um... I've listened to more <laughs> We're Alive than you've watched Lost Girl. You, you, that's, you, you're shoes on your foot. Um, that is a wild assumption to make. Anyways, can we come up with another term? Um, probably, but that's outside the scope of this episode, I think. You just want to get on to whatever else you have to do tonight. I do, I do. Um, in fact, for as much as time as we spend cursing the darkness, I feel like we should end with lighting a candle, and we should recommend stuff that doesn't make us <laughs> want to drink heavily. Um, I have mine all picked out. Um, so are things... we going to start doing it based on a theme, or just like a random, this is what we recommend? Um... Mm, do what thou hope thou do what thou wilt, but harm none. Um, I'm gonna recommend Promethea <laughs> because I have it to hand, and it is really great. It is Alan Moore at his most didactic. There are multiple issues where it is explicitly Alan Moore just lecturing you, and it's fucking great. It's not rapey at all, which is really nice and puts it in a tragically small percentage of Alan Moore's works. Uh, it's all about his magical philosophy it's all about his approach to creativity the art is amazing there is a joker analog character that is fantastic uh it ends with an apocalypse and it is a really a uh, really optimistic apocalypse so read promethea it's all collected in five volumes go do it and uh yeah yeah that's my recommendation well, since you didn't tell me to have a recommendation, I gotta think for a second. Uh, yeah, I was trying to make it anything Vegas or magician related, but I can't quite do that. So I'm just gonna recommend the book I'm reading currently, which is Meddling Kids, um, which is a very dark taking of Scooby Doo. I'm trying to figure out who the author is off the top of my head. Um, it's basically taking the Scooby-Doo cast, giving them different names, taking away the fact the dog can type, or type, talk, um, and then aging them 13 years after their last case, where it was quite traumatic. So it is um, by Edgar Cantero. Um, Cantero? I don't know. I, I would say Cantero. Yep, I am terrible with names. Um, and so far I'm... A little over halfway through and it's fairly good especially for someone who loves scooby-doo as much as i did growing up so uh james where can people find you when you are not reading this book um in a much happier place also i podcast as over the tabletop which you can find by searching for over the tabletop my partner and i and our lovely cat solstice kit cat airs de brooker review two-player board games um, find us on social media, on your podcast app, like, rate us, review us on iTunes. Um, yeah. Where can people find you? 
I host two uh, other podcasts, Judging Book Covers Podcast and Fabulous Retellings. Um, you can find them on social media and podcasting apps everywhere. Um, for this podcast, we are on Twitter and Facebook. We are on Apple Media, whatever it's called, Apple Podcasts. I don't have a clue what their podcasting app's called. Um, you can find us basically anywhere. We're still not set up on Stitcher yet, so we're new. Give us a few days. Um, but we are on Twitter and Facebook as Handbook Podcast. Um, cool. Which isn't seeing a lot of action yet, but it will once my world kind of calms down. So until then, we'll see you guys next week where we're reading The Hermit, if you're reading along. Um... God have mercy on your souls if you are. And uh, until then. Be seeing ya.